Welcome to Tarogi Talk, where we attempt to unpack anything and everything Igorot. Whether it's through story or discussion, we hope to increase the awareness of our people and hopefully inspire others to seek out a greater understanding of our culture, just as we are. The following was previously recorded for YouTube, therefore you may find that some episodes are better consumed as video. Check out the links in the description. Regardless, we hope that you all enjoy this episode. So today, I mean, you got us, us regulars here, plus one more. Um, here's Wendy. Uh, usually, we would be introducing ourselves, but uh, well, she did introduce herself once already. But we're we're gonna let her in, do it one more time. Um, so uh, obviously, your name um, and like your lineage, where your parents are from. Um, in terms of the Cordilleras, and then what uh, organization you're part of as well. Okay, so I'm Wendy, um, and I'm married to Wendy Pouten Watan, and I'm married to Mark here. Um, so we trace our roots. My 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 dad's side is from Sagada, and Bissau, and my mom's side is from Bissau. So on my mom's side, um, we do know that we're part of the Galila clan, and on my dad's side it's the Gatilan that's how we trace so Pu'utan is not is is our is our family name but it's linked to Gatilan uh, from Sagada. Um, the organization I'm with is um, Igorot UK because we're here based in London United Kingdom. Awesome uh, so I think I was just you know, I was just telling these guys that uh, I've been doing some editing and so far for this quote-unquote second season, um, we've had four or we've done four talks, uh, three of them being um, people in the diaspora and one obviously from Dr. Shear and obviously haven't seen yet. Um, but so this one isn't going to be any different. We're going to highlight Wendy again in the diaspora and then um, just we can start out a little bit about, uh, do we cover a lot of your uh, upbringing as an Igorot in the UK? Or like, when when did you, you weren't born in the UK, were you? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. you were. Yeah. Did we so cover we that a lot last time? I don't remember. Well, we well, the context was still around um, the George Floyd time. So the right. we were talking about racism mm -hmm. and experiences of racism in, different countries mm -hmm. and she was here at the time when we were doing it right. but uh she didn't really go over that so maybe yeah i mean yeah, let's go over it i i we were i was born and raised here in the uk london specifically a very diverse part of london i must say so we're in walthamstow which is um northeast london um huge hugely diverse um but diverse in the sense of a lot of southeast asian families here from pakistan and india um, and we also have a, a large Af uh, Caribbean, African Caribbean, um, uh, West Indies, West Indies yeah. um, folks from that came in the, uh, I think in the Windrush era. In the Windrush era, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Walthamstow at the time was predominant. Was before we we my parents moved into into London we it, it was it was white it was all in you know English white mm. and then in the 
you know, when the as as the minority started to move into the UK, into London specifically, a lot of those white people moved out of Walthamstow. So the demographics of Walthamstow it is changing now because a lot of it's becoming more gentrified. So we're seeing that whole round circle of 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 people coming back in. Um, so white people are coming back. Yeah, yeah. So the children of the people that moved mm-hmm. out are coming back, but then also yeah. a lot of people from the countryside because they want to be somewhere in between urban. urban and kind of outside oh, of London. Mm-hmm. So they pick um, uh, Walthamstow, this area, which is just uh, like a 20 minute train ride from what central London, which is the main area where everybody hangs out. And then, it, but it's also close to like countryside area. So we're near close to Epping Forest, Essex and Kent. So I mean, we're, 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 we, we pocket right, right in an urban slash country, country, feeling vibe we have access we have access but y'all are still east london right yeah yeah you know all the diversity is always in the east (laughs) yeah the cool thing about walthamstow when we were there when me and jerk were there was that um i had this like even though it's still it was still in london right yeah yeah Yeah. we are definitely london east east 17 yeah it just it felt like a like a small town kind of thing yeah it does like the 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 what's it called the tube going in yeah mm-hmm. it was so long it was like one of the last stops yeah, yeah. but yeah. it's still like London even though it was like so far away it's yeah. pretty cool it's a little town but it's, it's changed so town. much like it's actually a lot nicer I have to say <laughs> it's way nicer I just remember um, I don't know visiting a long time ago and then having to like watch my back and be a little bit more vigilant. And being like you know, uh, it, it <laughs> like am I gonna get jumped? Five, I don't, I don't know. ten years. It, it's been a, it's been a yeah, phenomenal yeah. change in like five or ten years. Um, so when Mark moved, so when Mark was visiting about fifteen years ago, uh, yeah, it was, was still like that. Bit, you know, still kind of shady. And then about ten years ago, when you moved back, we moved back seven years ago. You know, that's when changes were. You know, you could really see yeah, money has come into towards them. So a lot of people buying in here and then things improving so the olympics came and 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 really did start to regentrify other parts of east london and we started to get a lot of that money filtering because people with income started to move back and renovate homes museums local museums local libraries were being invested in um transport links were being invested in uh, the parks were being invested everything was being invested and when you start seeing the infrastructure getting invested in that's when you know you know, things are turning for the better, really, really for the better for everyone who's here. It, they will but it's also then they push out all the hooligans and stuff. Because I remember there used to be a lot of hooligan oh, uh, yeah. like pubs out there. And all of a sudden it's like nice Gone. Italian, French restaurants yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. And, yeah. and the food culture, all of a sudden you guys had like Italian food, food all over the place. Oh. Italian food. French, French, Italian. French food. Oh, you it's guys everything. are like so blessed and even that the, the little the, the little town squares all like when we were there back about two years ago yeah. um it was just really nice mm-hmm. and and the bathrooms the bathrooms were all clean the public bathrooms were all clean yeah it was uh, different uh, it was different from the very really first time <laughs> yeah the really very first changing. time I remember going into like the pub and like like people just like looking at us and even even like the proprietor just saying, hey, hey, it's probably not a good idea for you to be here. And, you know, they were just thinking like, you know, all the hooligans are probably going to want to start a fight with you because of yeah. what you all look like. And uh, 
Well, because we uh, walked into a specific pub that was, I don't know. Was, yeah, that's right. That we, yeah, yeah, we walked into a place and then they, they kindly told asked you. us to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Be- because they didn't want those the, the people in there to start a the fight with us. One. Yeah. Because yeah. they, you know, they ain't no police gonna help us. We're gonna have to fight them all and, you know, try try fighting drunk people. That's just not gonna work. I mean, I mean you're just. It's yeah. We forget. I forget. But no, it's it's true. That is how it was. And yeah, that now, was two thousand two. So only two thousand two. And now yeah. we're now things have changed to the, to the point that you know it's because of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think you know things have just come up so much more, and there's going to be more of this discussion racial up along racial lines here in this country, which needs to be done anyway. Um, we're nowhere near where America is at with close, you know, getting close to that. But we we are getting to that discussions are happening people are more aware you know things have got to change you know people are being aware that there is racism in the UK you know there's systematic racism in the UK not just racism but there's systematic racism so it's it's really it's things are changing which is that's pretty awesome hey Wendy can you tell us a little bit about how your parents ended up in the UK. Yes. Uh, I think it was your mom who kind of like yeah. started this whole thing. So, so like everybody's mother here, I think <laughs> uh, she was a nurse and it was interesting because <laughs> she, she wasn't actually a nurse yet in the Philippines. So she was, she was, she was taken, she applied for a nursing position here in the UK. She was 17, very, very young. Um, she applied for a nursing, so she 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 trained in the UK and she was uh, educated here in, in nursing here in the UK. Whereas some fam- some mothers, you know, of ours were, were trained in, and registered as nurses in the Philippines. Whereas my mom, she actually came very, very young age. I think she was 18 when she actually arrived here in the UK. Oh, 17, 16. 17, yeah, seven, 17. Yeah, she was young, she was, she was an very, 18. Very, very young. Yeah. So I, I, I forget how young my mom actually was when she first arrived in the UK. And she came into um, the nursing, um, early 70s, and she she trained in general nursing at the time. And then after, I think, her general nursing, she specialised in mental health. And then that was late, 80, late 70s, she went back to the Philippines to marry my dad and then brought my dad over just 79, I think, he came to the UK, just after I was born. Mm-hmm. So my parents came... He just passed the bar too. Yeah, my, so my dad had just passed the bar in the, uh, the, the the Philippine bar in the Philippines, and he came after just literally passing it. He was a police officer, a detective, and then he did the night. He did went to night school for for law, but he he left that to come to the UK to be with my mum and to raise me to take care of this one right here. Of course, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he, but he always said that he was that the UK was never. Um, it was only to 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 raise to to raise us as kids. He always said that he was always, you know, he was always going back to the Philippines once we finished school and we got married. Those were the two provisions that he had in his mind. So lo and behold, as soon as my sister Ingrid got married to Albert, that was it. He was gone. He checked out. He was he was out of here. And he's no, been it's happy. Good thing you guys got married younger. Because then that yeah. would be a long wait, right? It would have been a way <laughs> long wait. I mean, he pretty much checked out very, very quickly, actually. And then now, yeah, so he's mm. he's been happily retired since 2009 when Ingrid got married. Well, he's still involved. He's still I mean, involved. they're still involved yeah. in the business. They're not retired in the sense that they just... Yeah, you can't, we can't make any decision day. without passing through, obviously, the, the, the originals, the OGs, the bosses, right? So... 
they, they're still heavily involved. They're heavily involved. So like, you they're know, even though he's technically retired, he still comes back for uh, oh, yeah. every now and he then. He was just here actually, just yeah. about a month, two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but my thing is when my dad came, so my mom was, she had a profession here, so she was a nurse. But my dad coming from the Philippines as being a lawyer, he came to the UK and first of all, his, his education wasn't recognized because the Philippines, they didn't have a reciprocal relationship. So my dad couldn't get a job <laughs> as a lawyer, as any professional. They never even recognized his university um, qualifications. So my dad took um, a job as um, a kitchen hand in um, Pizza Hut. So my dad worked as the, you know, as the bus boy. He worked his way up to become manager of Pizza Hut and then became the area manager of uh, pizza. So he managed a few stores. He was then poached by the competitor at the time, which was a, a company called Deep Pan Pizza, all pizza. Um, <laughs> and he and he managed some stores in central London under Deep Pan Pizza. And then in the 80s, late 80s, he decided that that wasn't enough, you know, working for somebody else wasn't enough. And his dream was always to work for himself. So he he opened his own pizza store, his own pizza restaurant, late 80s. Um, but it was a, it was really rough time because he he opened it and then there was a there was a massive recession in the UK, so we didn't have the pizza restaurant for very very long. We we um, it didn't do so well. We started out really really well and then just the the, the market just tanked. The, the timing for pizza at that time it wasn't like now like everybody goes out to oh, eat pizza over here. You know, but back then it was still kind of. I don't know. It was just really kind of a. It was new, new no. and foreign. And it, you know? Very foreign because you know, remember English people, all they ate was fish and chips, <laughs> potatoes, <laughs> steak, uh, the roast. Not even that. Yes, roasts and roasts. Yeah. The most exotic shepherd's thing that pie. they shepherd's pie. The most pie. exotic thing that they would eat. That they would accept is Indian food, yeah. curry, but Italian food was still foreign. You know. Spanish, you know, European food is still foreign. I mean, even though the, the, it's it's next door, yeah. they just keep it there. Because it wasn't like, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. you're missing the part the, about your dad. Her dad actually, you know, when he moved up and from the ground up in yeah, in uh, in Pizza Hut, he actually helped uh, because you know the, they think apparently we the American Pizza Hut yeah. didn't share recipes with UK Pizza Hut. Yeah. So when they were making the the deep dish like thick crust pizza, they didn't give them. They didn't the give recipe. them the recipe. So my dad worked worked with a, you know with another couple of people in Pizza Hut to create the. They figured out you know what it what it made to make it go thick, and yeah, yeah they so engineered their own. They reverse so engineered, reverse yeah. Engineered they reverse engineered the, wow. the the deep pan. Yeah. So it's kind of like that story of the the guy, Impressive. the Filipino guy who created all the value meals in McDonald's. Nobody knew it was created by a Filipino. Really? Yeah, the, value, yeah. the value meal was created by a Filipino really? because the people kept on asking, hey, what if I mix and match that? And he got sick of them asking it. It's, it's a, there's a better story, but I'm just kind of shortening it. But in the end, he created, uh, in, it was mainly, in, I think, in the San, San Francisco Bay Area. He created uh, uh, the value meals. And before, it was only regional at that time. And McDonald's recognized, hey, how come the sales just in this area are all moving up? And so it was because it. he created the value meal. Wow. But so in Wendy's dad's case, he created, he helps like, in pizza Hut. yeah, he helped mm. help, uh, pizza, pizza Hut engineer the UK version of, of deep the pan. deep pan thick crust. So if you ever go, 
over here and you eat the deep pan, you, you should remember her dad. <laughs> There's a connection to that, right? I think wow. that's a pretty cool wow. story cool. because like, that, I mean, that is a cool story. Yeah. yeah. It's, it is so they call cool. it the uh, Putin special then. They should. <laughs> well, the actual, our, 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 our restaurant at the time was Rich Pan Pizza. So there was Pizza Hut, there was Deep Pan, and then my dad had Rich Pan. But, wow. Yeah. It was fun. I mean, it was, uh, well, it was, it was tough. I mean, but it was fun. We, that's how I, that, that's how, you know, that was my, you know, that was, that was her childhood. That was my childhood in that restaurant. Working. Every weekend. Were you running in the cash, were you running the cash register then? Yeah. I did cash register. I yeah, did cleaning. Yeah. I did sue stuff. I was how, like, how old were you when you started? I think nine years old, nine, 10 years old. I know it's ridiculous Imagine. now. I mean, have Penny do labor. that. Have Penny do that. Oh, Penny. I tell Penny every day, you know, you have got I no don't believe it. Penny is our daughter, by the way. If you, yeah, our 10 year old daughter. I have no freaking clue what I used to do and what I'm asking you to do to make me a cup of tea. And you have that attitude. You must be. <laughs> no, our daughter is a good kid it's just that there's those 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 little things as for every parent but like right because yeah, you progressed Wendy, you know yeah Wendy that's, was working hard at age nine she was like the hostess and helping her dad with marketing and along with everything. some her cousins it's too real family business it, it was a real yeah. real family business and then yeah that we grew up with that man so yeah. we could have made a sitcom of you guys and call it like uh instead of bob's burgers uh uh, or Kim's like, uh, convenience would be Putin's pizza. Yeah, Putin, Putin's pizza. Yeah, Putin pizza. We could make a whole sitcom about it. Yeah, I bet oh you could. Yeah. If we were writers, you like and, and just listen to the dialogue. The, oh my we god, we just had all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah, where's where's Arnold? Uh, is Arnold on the now feed, he's, man? He's on the, he's exactly. We could write. We could write a good story here for Hollywood. It would be it would, it would be the uh, Kim's convenience, but the Filipino version, you know. Like starting it up in the UK, I mean that's like that's right, that's right. Not just Filipino, but Igorot. Yeah, yeah, straight yeah. Up, yeah. Straight up. We'd have all these like Igorot conundrums in there too, and, you know, and, like, and that nobody really would understand. Be... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you yeah, have to get really. We'll have young. a whole episode based on like someone bringing bringing a balol in there. <laughs> like, why? Why are you putting that? Why are you creating a rice grainy right there? But yeah, from the stories I hear from uh, all her cousins and stuff, man. Wendy used to like work. I mean, for a nine-year-old, like yeah, they she did a lot of work. I worked, man. And uh, what about the? Uh, when did you guys? Am I jumping if I talk about the janitorial business? Yeah, so no, we used to clean as well. So we had the restaurant, and it wasn't doing so well um, because it was tanking. The economy was tanking, so we had to make it. Oh, this is Thatcher's time. Huh. We we ended up doing like wow. cleaning jobs. We had cleaning jobs at night, so we do this restaurant during the day. And then after we shut shop, we used to go and clean offices on the way home. So we would be out there for another three hours cleaning. You know, it was it was hard. But I mean, I, I remember it. it was fun. I mean, when I was a kid, I was just following my dad around and um, just doing what he said and just, you know, having to make sure that he didn't get mad at stuff. So just did stuff real quick to make him not get mad and get stressed. Yeah, it's quite. Um, How come our kids don't do that? I know. <laughs> remember always like figuring out how to like when we used to go clean for example, how not to make your dad yeah mad. how to not make him mad because when you get pissed <laughs> it'd be so like oh you know he would never my dad would never i mean that's one thing he never like because we were girls i suppose he never hit us he never raised his hand to us but he would be really really stressed and his stress and his aggression would always be like 
just just he just have this temper not not at the kids not at us but at my you know parents they would fight a lot um just you could just tell he was really really as a young kid I could tell that he was very they were both very very stressed out so I had to figure out a way to try and make them not be so stressed out by just doing stuff that would would help very advanced of you yeah (laughs) perfect I I was just concerned with my next playstation game (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think Wendy had to grow up a little fast you know I remember having to clean as well too we had to do that here as well Mm. Yeah, so your dad hustled. He really hustled. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, I, I, can you can you speak a little bit about that? Because sometimes, you know, you know how like us Filipinos, we have this crab mentality thing, and so we look at people and say who 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 hustle and who who kind of like make their way in life, and we sometimes we have that. Our people have that jealousy streak going on. Like they look at them and it's like, look at those people. They're acting like this. Who do they think they are? Kind of nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. But but we know that your dad hustled and he he always tried to figure out what, what do you think that's where do you think that comes from the hustling is hard work isn't it that's that's the value of hard work and that's the value of for, i mean for igurits particularly we we live within our means we don't try and you know live outside of what what we have um i think his hustling was really the the, the product of him and my mom, you know, both of them were hustling. So my mom was also doing two jobs as well. So she was helping mm. in the rest three jobs. She helped in the restaurant. She had her day job in the in the hospital, and then she also had her side job, which was the care home, which which she had developed. So apparently that know, was illegal was, back then. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> back then you could have you could moonlight. Jobs. You could moonlight uh, legitimately. Well, you, you- you could moonlight. You could because I mean there was no there was no regulation in terms of. Oh, it was like, only later that. It was only when the oh, care okay. homes got regulated. Oh, okay, That's okay, when they okay. said you know, they couldn't you, you couldn't be having multiple jobs at that point. But that came very very late. I mean my oh. parents started the care home in the eighties. Same with the restaurant they started in the eighties. Little reg- regulation at the time, so they could do. They were very lucky actually to be able to do all the things that they did, and figure out which ones worked. But both of them hustling is both of their hard work. And that is a value that Igorots particularly, wherever they go, you can see it in all Igorot families, wherever we go. I'd say in particular, especially for that generation, I think there was no options but to hustle. And I think in that generation, that was the mentality. And that, that, I would say grit. I would say, yeah, Yeah. that grit. Resilience. Helped them uh, move into... uh, different areas like all over the world mm. and in their case in the UK and to deal with all the hardship and the racism and just to kind of like there no option to yeah there was no option you got to put the blinders on yeah you thing, just right? ignore you just have yeah. to ignore. and they didn't they didn't dwell on their stuff like oh, oh like life should be oh, like this uh they're so racist I can't you know I can't do anything no they just carry you know in fate in spite of all of that they just carried on they persevered and they just ignored as hurtful as it could have been. I mean, I can't even imagine for, for me, for us, yeah. having to deal with all of that just at the, on the new frontier, yeah. somewhere yeah. new, just dealing with all of that social stuff. But no, they just- Especially for the for her dad, like uh, her dad. Oh yeah. I mean, like after passing the bar in the Philippines, that's such- That's a huge thing. That's a huge like uh, accomplishment. And in some, in some ways that accomplishment, you know, it's supposed to bring you up in, in, in terms of like, 
I guess you can social say social, mobility. social mobility. Their status, their status yeah, and that. Status, but like, you know, yeah, like accomplishment to be able to move further than, than, than where you were before, right? In the mm -hmm. Philippines. But then you and it's clearly competency too. I mean, yeah, to, it's very you do that, that's, there's, a, there's, there's a clear competency in that. Right, right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and to come here and then to kind of like be told that, no, none of you, the stuff that you learn means zilch, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, that's that. yeah he struggled with that my dad I think and that that's where his frustration was and that's where a lot of his hurt was but he didn't mm. he couldn't let it be an option to let him to not let him do work he had to just mm. find an avenue in and he but he yeah he never stopped at where he was at he always looked at the next the next level the next get I suppose he just kept moving up how was it like uh, growing up during the Thatcher years? Ooh. You know, it's interesting because my mom is a Thatcherite because she says, you know, if it wasn't for Thatcher, we would never have these houses. Thatcher, she says, is the woman <laughs> that allowed me as a woman to have all these houses. And so my mom's got, my mom and dad, they've got quite a few properties here because mm. it was at that time when, you know, the markets were open and um yeah things are becoming more privatized everything was privatized yeah privatized at the time yeah it was starting to privatize at the time so you know she they they she benefit they benefited from that that part of the era yeah, um, yeah. they're able to have the create the care home because yeah of that. because of that yeah. but obviously you know the, the the downside to that was for the overall economy for the economy yeah. it tanked for for lots of industries folded um mm. Yeah, the NHS. Do you remember That's when you any started of... to see privatization of that too? Yeah. Do, do you remember any of like the the social unrest, the unemployment, and everything? The, not, not. I I remember uh, news reports, um, but nothing in Walthamstow. You know, uh, we we. Were, kind of a bit isolated in Walthamstow, I suppose, but I, we saw a lot on the news, the rioting, the, the, the unrest there. The only thing I, th I saw in Walthamstow at the time was probably a lot of people that I went to school with who um, I suppose didn't have, you know, they were, they were living in social housing. They weren't, you know, the same like us homeowners. And you could mm -hmm. see, um, looking back now, how some of those children did struggle in terms of like, they had to have free school dinners, for example. We, we knew that mm. then, you know, that's when we could see the difference um, that there were some kids that were struggling, families that were struggling as opposed yeah. to others who who weren't. Do you remember the uh, the Falcon War? The Falcon War? No, oh, no that was 82. That was, a, that was the okay. early 80s. Yeah, no, that I was, I was probably about four, four years old at the time. Do you remember where Maradona uh, scored those two Did goals? That, that's hand of God. With the hand, the hand of, God. of God. I do remember. I do remember my dad watching that 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 the World Cup. Really. At the time, yeah. But you know, I, I never. You know, I didn't get it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember everybody hated Argentina. Like everyone hated Argentina. So they were like the baddies. You know, Maradona was a baddie. You know, it's all demonized on the news. You know. Wow. 
it, yeah, our news is unrelated, you know, doesn't hold yeah, back. Man. Our news is awful, you know. Speaking of news, so I've been watching The Crown. <laughs> oh. and, uh, so I'm on season Dang. four about Diana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you remember from that time? From which, which time? What, uh, with Diana? Diana and everything, yeah. It, exactly, oh, wow. exactly. So I don't remember Thatcher and the Falklands, but anything after that I do remember. So now all of this with Diana, Camilla, Thatcher mm. now, the, the, the mm. Thatcher that moved, that was then let go of her cabinet, I remember all of that. And that was at a time when we had that, so her, we went into recession in nine, just my dad had the restaurant 88, we went into recession 1990, I think, just when she was, she resigned. She just, yeah, she was forced to resign. Yeah, she was forced so. to resign at that time. So, I, yeah, I remember strongly all of that. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a tough time in, in the 90s because, you know, as a, as a business owner who failed, you know, you, you felt it the most. You did. Hmm. Yeah. Sorry, go back to your parents. Uh, I don't know if I missed it, but why the uk why england because my mom she 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 answered the uh, the ad she answered there was a there were there were ads for canada australia and the uk she was looking to you know to move to go abroad she wanted to study as a nurse she wanted to be a nurse so she was going to do it in the philippines but at the time there were all these offers coming in mm. for nursing in canada to train as a nurse in canada train as a nurse in Australia to train as a nurse in the UK and she just it would it, she could have easily she would have chosen any one of those she said it wasn't like oh she had to come to the UK it just so happened that the UK application one came up before everyone else's so she took it she just went with it was meant to be meant yeah. to be she just took yeah. the first one that that came up you know she wasn't she so was, was ready it just, to go. was it just her or like a group of a group of group her, her. her friends no, it's just her. Oh, it's just she her. made she made friends, her friends, when she came to oh, the UK. Oh yeah, wow. yeah, that's what you mean. She never came with a group of friends from the Philippines. No, she was on her own. My mom was. But they did create a community of Filipinos who were here. Yeah. Once they were. Yeah, once they got here. So, so she she traveled with some Filipinos, and then that same Filipino group she stayed with as soon as they arrived, and they became lifelong friends. They've become wow. they've been lifelong friends ever since. Mm-hmm. Are they ignorant as well, or just? Uh... No, they're not actually. They're they're non igurus There were a few igurus that then she met once she was here, uh, in in the nursing in the nursing school uh, when she specialised actually as a mental health nurse. Which igurus. school did she go to then? Um, it was it was through a, it was through a, 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 a not, hospital. Not, not a hospital. So it mm. was Cane Hill Hospital Mental. It was a, it was Cane Hill Hospital which had a mental yeah. health department. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she went from there to Claybury, the mental health hospital it was a massive hospital wow but yeah wow. she came to cane hill hospital it's not i don't think it's there anymore i think it's been absolved but it was in south london she she arrived into south london still are there still opportunities like that for uh filipino nurses in the uk i'm just curious because yes I mean, you'd fi- so not particularly trained like they, they're, they're taking nurses that are already trained now so my cousin has just literally arrived the other day She's a trained nurse in the Philippines that they've just taken a whole bunch of, of nurses, but they're taking all the, the best nurses now. They, they don't need the trainee nurses anymore. Yeah. They're taking the best of the Philippines and shipping them over here to the UK to work as nurses here. 
So it's still happening. And once they're here as nurses, then they can move up. They can, they can, they, they're, you know, they're given opportunities to train up to, you know. Yeah, they usually come with a contract and they do like, I don't know, a year or two, something like that in one with hospital. one hospital and then, and they, then can, they can move anywhere they want. Yeah. So they and recognize, a, sorry, they recognize the education, like outright. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Now it's completely yeah. different. I mean, it'd be different yeah. if you came in as a if you come completely... in to be a doctor, though. <laughs> no, no, even even I think yeah. so. Raymond, so a good friend of ours who's lodging with us at the moment, he's he's a master's student in political science mm-hmm. in the Philippines. He's now doing. You know, he was a bachelor's there, and then he's now doing his master's here in the University of London, SOAS. They recognize his. You know, his they do. They they recognize. Wow. Times are a changing, people. Times are changing. Yeah, recognize, they recognize yeah. the education of the, you know. But in the, the old school. days, they wouldn't. Have. Oh no, 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 I mean, no, no. I mean, even in some areas in the states, I don't think it's every state, but uh, a lot of folks who are doctors in the Philippines, they yeah. just become nurses because it's just an easier pathway. Because if you come yeah. in and, and and try to come in as a doctor, you have to go through a bunch of training again. That's like. Why am I going backwards and then having to do like rounds again? You know what I mean? And so they, most of them just forget it. I'll just, I'll just do the, uh, cause they have like nursing courses, quick, like quick short courses for nurses, doctors to become nurses. So they can go to the, to, to other areas like Canada and the States. Well, especially California, California has yeah, especially really California, nice, string, yeah. stringent kind well, of standards. Wendy's auntie, mm. her dad's sister, did that yeah, exact thing. And oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And the yes. daughters did the same thing too. She's a doctor oh, wow. and did the same thing. And she became a doctor, but then to come to America, she became a nurse. Became a nurse. Yeah. So it's weird. It's just that's an right. easier that's pathway. Right. I'm, right. I'm, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that in the UK that they're opening, uh, I mean, being more open to uh, the education mm. in the Philippines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the education. Well, they, they recognize all of those those nurses. They recognize all their qualifications. The so it only they... makes sense to recognize the doctors, then. Yeah, I don't know. Next. We'll Maybe see. Next. We'll you see might have that. want to Google a little that a little bit more to find out yeah. what's, what's yeah. going on. Even here, it's it's changing a bit, um, and yearly is changing. So I'm really not up to date, but it's definitely a little bit easier. Um, and they they recognize. I don't know if completely outright, but more of your education and then you go through some um uh what do you call it they assess your skills as well so depending Mm -hmm. on that um you either have to take a little bit more you have to retake the whole thing or Mm -hmm. sometimes you can just challenge um again i've heard you can just challenge the exam and that's it um in terms of like lawyers actually uh uh audrey's cousin yeah Mm -hmm. he was able to successfully i don't know the full story but i think he was able to challenge the bar here and now he lives in wow. like toronto and working as a lawyer so oh, that's man. amazing different times right different wow, times. Yeah. oh yeah now you know yeah. people can assess that's great though and... it's good well yeah, it's also like, like speaks to the shortage of like uh the talent pool on, mm, on, yeah. on yeah. In, in these areas because right. yeah. um yeah. uh I, I was just reading just a, a bunch of stuff that came out maybe about two to three years ago, just the short doctor shortage that will happen mm-hmm. in within the next like 10 years. What? We're already people, short. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We've well, yeah. Short too. We're short. Well, just, Everyone. just because people are discouraged one, because it, it costs a ghastly amount of money 
like, you know, why would you want to do that and still owe like, you know, $300,000 and then uh, have to deal with like someone suing you for malpractice. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, but especially the debt, the, the, the student loan debt uh, is, is, is just not attractive to a lot of people. Mm. Um, so you get someone from another country who doesn't have that student loan debt because their country paid for that. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, or someone someone paid for it, yeah, but somebody it, it, it didn't cost like the same like that. Um, you're yeah. you're getting you're, you're getting someone who definitely has a competency, you know, mm. Uh, mm. Uh, to 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 do the job well. In fact, if they get chosen over here, likely they're going to they're going to do it super well because, you know, they got to prove themselves. Mm. So, uh, yeah, yeah, there's always that talk about like you want to it was always good to get like a Filipino, uh, a Filipino doctor, because, you know, that they're probably the, 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 the best, the best to even make it here in America, sure. you know, sure. uh, <laughs> and they, they're you probably usually the, the, the top student of. Of something of the and, in the Philippines, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of the whole thing over there, yeah. and uh, uh yeah. so yeah. yeah, I was gonna say, like, my cousin back in the 90s when he moved to New York, he was already a doctor in the Philippines, mm. but he had to, you know, had to downgrade, he became a nurse and whatnot. And exactly since that time, he's been trying to uh go get back to like a doctor status or whatever. He's yeah. he's back in the Philippines yeah. now being a doctor, but that's because he had to get supported. But yeah, there's yeah. there's that thing where when you come from the Philippines or whatever, and you basically have to, they don't really recognize your your, your profession. But mm -hmm. even for like engineers, uh, mm, engineers too, yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, you know, like not, Filipino yeah. engineers, like especially in the '60s in America. I know in America they were pulled. A, a lot of Filipino engineers were pulled over uh, in the late '60s, and then like all of a sudden they slowed it down in the '70s, late '70s and '80s, and I don't know why, but um, maybe because they had engineers already in the host country. Maybe they were maybe we're all engineers. Yeah. Saudi. I think the <laughs> philosophy was to because there was a, a, a shortage. They they didn't want to just rely on foreign professionals, mm -hmm. and so uh, yeah. Once up, they had like, enough. Yeah, up to ten years ago, I think like they they still favored um, like native-borns mm. who were engineers rather than those from abroad, um, like from abroad that have more than five years mm. so even though my dad was like an engineer for like a long time oh, people wow. like a lot of new uh, engineers that just graduated they would mm. still be favored technically they'd still mm. require them to have at least five years of experience mm. but if they have five years of experience versus my dad um, they would probably choose the, the younger engineer because my dad had to like do it over again oh, he wow. had to like go oh, to he had to go back and do everything but he must have gotten like the best grades because it was too easy for him. <laughs> He's old, right? So he knows everything now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. um I'm I'm curious also to find out about that entrepreneurial um way of your parents because mm. obviously they were hustling, but they also have um um deep knowledge about and confidence about starting their own business. Um, and th that's one of the things that like a lot of our people don't, I mean, we work in professions, mm. but don't necessarily go into starting your own business. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, uh, what, uh, 
about that process for your parents? Oh, gosh, I think it's, you know, both of them, looking at them both, are both good leaders in, in, in terms of um, their own family dynamics. So my mom was the oldest, she wasn't the oldest child, but she was the oldest girl. So she was the second oldest. And my dad was the oldest in his family. So I think they both had um, a confidence level because where they, you know, they were born leaders, I suppose, just because of mm -hmm. by virtue of their birth, you know, the, where they were, how they were born. Um, they, because of that, they were given a lot more responsibility earlier. So they were able to, I guess, organize themselves or know a kind of, you know, mimic, you know, pattern themselves off their parents before them. So my mom's parents, my grandfather, and my grandmother were, were, were are really the, the business entrepreneur uh, where my mom really takes off because my grandparents, they, my mom's side of the family, they had, they owned properties. They owned a lot of properties in Baguio, um, boarding houses and businesses like they, so I could see where my mom took that direct line. Um, my dad, on the other hand, his family were uh, educators. So his grandfather was a, was a, was a, was a teacher, no, was a mayor, mayor of Sagada. His parents were teachers. Um, his grandfather on his mother's side was also a community leader, like a, a strong community. So, you know, my dad and my parents, so my mom and dad, they were, you know, they had very good role, you know, they took good those role models, good yeah, role yeah, models yeah, to, 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 yeah. to take them in. And then both of them, while they do, they were both, you know, so my dad was a, was a, a police officer, my mom was a nurse. They good at following rules, you know, they, they, you know, they will follow the rules, but then there was a, both of them too are quite good risk takers, I think. So they took risks. They, my mom took a risk to come to the UK. Um, my dad took a risk to follow her. My dad took a risk to, to start a business, you know, without, mm -hmm. without having, without having had a business before, you know, um, my mom, having had business in her life she took a risk to take multiple loans I mean they you know they they have that element of risk taking I think some people I don't think it's specific to Igorets or, or anyone but I mean they, they, they'll stop there because they don't want to take that that mm -hmm. next step but I think a lot of that risk taking is also grounded in their faith mm -hmm. so they're both very spiritual mm -hmm. too my dad's yes. very spiritual that he believes in um the, know, old the, the old rituals yeah. both of them did you know they they were married through dawak through oh. prayers they believed that all of that had bound them together had created the good fortune for them both that you know despite you know whatever challenges they've had though that dawak that those rituals those prayers that were done at their wedding has kept them strong and kept them successful they believe that and you know one of the things when talking to my mother-in-law that's really interesting because I uh, I just asked her her thoughts and like you know about the Christian side of of, of, every, of everything and and mm. you know there is no to them there is no difference so like the faith in terms of like uh, uh, you know the rituals from our culture mm. are totally compatible with with the Christian, the Christian faith because yeah. it's all it's all prayer it's all yeah. prayer to God mm. and I, I they feel like hey you know if we can do it through our own through our own filter, our own culture, 
and at the same time do it to the larger picture of the Christian body, that you know, there's nothing so, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. What's there's nothing wrong with having a stronger uh, power of prayer to support you in mm-hmm. in taking those risks because um, you know, some you got to feel a little yeah. bit of that. You know, you got to go with your gut, but at the same you time, faith. you got to have yeah. the faith to support it. Yep. If you have no right. faith foundation or anything in terms of like. Uh, it's not just being Christian, but some type of sense of uh, prayer of the of this this greater mystery of the universe, and 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 bowing down to that in a sense. Mm-hmm. Then how can you be humble enough to accept and receive the gifts that the universe can give you? Mm-hmm. So those things were a big deal to them. Definitely. And, uh, and growing up, we always did my so before they did. Mm-hmm. You know, they, we, we, we always tried, you know, they brought us back to the Philippines. When we went back to the Philippines, they did massive rituals when we went back. Oh, Day yeah. long, week long rituals. The whole time we were there was always a ritual. They were doing some butchering. Every, do, every time we go back. Cleansing to do yeah. something, to do something, to give back, to give thanks, to do. Mm-hmm. It always connected. And here in the UK, whenever they did, whenever anyone was feeling sick, my dad would do a ritual. My dad would do a ritual when he had to do, you know, we had, we had an exam or. We had to go to, you know, even the naming of the babies, naming, the name, there's, every, there's a baby naming every, rituals, every cycle, every life cycle that we've experienced here in the UK. My dad never stopped doing the rituals here. Mm. Never. Can you never. tell, can you share a little bit about the naming? Cause, um, um, the Google, the, the um, I, I think that that's one of the things that when people are talking about like, Hey, how, how can I return uh, uh, reclaim some of the stuff that we lose. Uh, one of one of the interesting things is actually having an Igorot name, which mm. which you you have, uh, mm. and your sister do, and now mm. your children do. Um, mm. Our like our names really come from like my name. Uh, it comes from like my ancestors, but uh, the closest thing that I have for an Igorot name is what my parents called me, Pajingjing. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> that 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 was it. Uh, <laughs> You know, and then you ask them what it means. Oh, because it sounds good. <laughs> it means cute, cute. That's what pajingjing means. <laughs> means and I was a cute kid, I think. When I <laughs> so uh, that that that's little round cute. head, little baby yeah. Yoda. Yeah, little <laughs> round head, and it's probably really cute. Um, yeah. But uh, but uh, I think that's something that, in terms of like what what people are looking at, not just like. I mean, people look at the exterior stuff. Hey, dancing and 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 wearing this the Igorot swag, uh, tattoo. But there's something about the name that I think that we, we um, there's power in the name. There there's something about the name that I think that if we really want to look at like some authenticity, maybe we should uh, pay attention to that. Yeah, Auntie Karadad Fiarod. Yeah. She 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 passed away uh, a while back, but she was one of the educators uh, in Mountain Province. And one of the stories she told us, and and she really mm-hmm. uh, believed in this, because there was like one of the children had went through the gub uh, gub bow process, which is the naming. And she felt they that baby, like I think um, it was it's an unfortunate case, but I think the driver somehow drove off the cliff mm-hmm. in in one of the jitneys, and the only person to survive was that baby. Who had just had the good good bow? Well, he so didn't like, have it, but he had it a few years ago. Yeah, had, well, yeah. He was the only yeah. one of surviving. It was actually he was a little boy. It wasn't a baby by that yeah. time. But then he had went through the the, the process, and the, the process isn't really long. It's just it's just an intentional prayer, 
And usually like the name, a lot, at least in, this, in our family, the names that have been chosen are ones that belong to, uh, especially in Wendy's dad's side of the family. Uh -huh. uh, they, they pick an ancestor's name mm -hmm. from that side of the family so that the ancestor won't be forgotten. And so- And that the child will take yeah, take the on, good, uh, the good, take on the good, good characteristics, the good characteristics yeah, of, that ancestor. of that ancestor. And they feel that there's a protection that comes along with it Definitely. too. Definitely. So like uh, Auntie Kara dad, but what really what she was telling us that story, I was like, yeah, could you imagine that? And we only, we believe it's because of the good goodbye that he was protected because nobody there, nobody does it. We've been telling everybody you should do the good goodbye and nobody wants to listen to us. But this boy had the good goodbye done and he was, saved. he was the only one saved. So you tell me, you know, the, the ancestors were watching him. And uh, God rest her soul. I thought that was a, I, I really appreciated that story that she told us. And uh, I don't remember the boy's name. But, yeah, there was, uh, there's a protection to it. Yeah. So they feel that there's a, a protection to that it. That the child too, will so. be protected. They're protected because, the, because you're, you're respecting the ancestors. And you respect the ritual. ancestors, you call on the, on the ancestors to be with you, they'll be with you. Mm -hmm. So that's the concept behind that. So to, to jump on that, what are you guys' opinions or what are your parents' opinions? What could their opinions be on, on regards to... Um, so for my parents, like they're very, like, very Christian and, and in my view, they kind of denounce a lot of uh, old rituals and whatnot. Anytime I talk to them about it, uh, they're like, you know, those are just the old ways or whatever. Mm. What are you guys' your opinion? Mm. What are you guys' opinions on that when it comes to uh, modern Negroes and their Christian values? Mm. Look mm. at that and say that, you know, those are just uh, pagan rituals and whatnot. Mm. Yeah, no. So a lot of our family members actually didn't, don't, so in my mom's side and my dad's side, you know, well, my mom's side, I think, they're, they're not as... Originally my mom, is, my mom is really yeah. the one in, I, I suppose, who's very family, much, yeah. who, mm -hmm. who, very staunch believer in it, and then a lot of her, you know, family. It's because members. she's witnessed, she's witnessed that, yes. the blessings. That's that's the reason why, you know. Yeah. But uh, because they grew up in the city, like uh, her 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 mom's side of the family, but you know, her mom her mom married. <laughs> Mr. Igurut, right? She couldn't escape. <laughs> she couldn't escape that. The rituals. They well, were well, he, on her. Because her, yeah. her dad was very intent on, um, he, he was really appreciated the old rituals and, and the old men that, and the old women that, that's, that did all the traditional stuff. And he was always with them trying to learn. Yeah. And I think one of his goals was to, uh, Become. To learn and become one of them, you know, because in, in our culture, that is what you want. That is one of the things you want to attain is to be able to gain wisdom mm. of the ancestors mm. and, and your elders. Mm. I mean, like, yes. So I think that's, that's the reason why they particularly did the rituals, because they'd witnessed them. They'd seen, um, it, the, the, they'd seen them done. I suppose if you haven't seen it happen or if you haven't been... Because remember, the Philippines at the time had changed as well. It was becoming very, very modernized. So a lot of like my aunts and uncles, they weren't, they didn't witness a lot of the rituals. My dad had because he was in the province still. My mom was in the city, so she only became exposed to it because her dad was was also very. My grandfather was very keen on making sure that rituals were done every time he had, a, you know, 
Mm -hmm. It was a life cycle event. He made sure that he went back to the province, brought mm -hmm. his family members to the to the city and do those rituals. So that's how my mum was exposed. But others, like her, you know, other family members weren't. So they they, they didn't really apply. And you can't value. blame them. You, you can't, can't blame, blame them. them because they never it's had. Just the nature of growing up in the yeah. city and modernization. The prior, prioritization and the modernization and it costs draws money. you somewhere else. It and it costs, costs money. It costs yeah. a lot of money to because you've got to sacrifice a lot of animals. And you've got to climb up from work. You know, because these rituals they go on for days. They're not like you know, yeah. thirty minutes. Go to the to the you know, go to the go to the church and then do it for an hour and get out. You know, yeah, these the are days. You know, yeah. this takes freaking weeks. Some of this mm -hmm. stuff, and you have to wait for the for the old people to tell you when you can leave. You have to mm -hmm. wait for the old people to tell you when you can start butchering. You can wait for the and they're waiting for the sun, and the moon, and they're the stars waiting for the omens. All these signs, yeah. and it mm -hmm. frustrate it frustrates a lot of people. So that's why a lot of people, you know, they they were like, you know what. We don't need that. We've got church. Mm -hmm. We've moved on. You know, we we we, we mm. should move forward. You know, we we, we shouldn't, and we're not to judge any of that. That is, yeah. It's just my parents mm. were very much into the other side of that, so that's why we've yeah. been exposed to it. So that's how I know it. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. wouldn't have known this. I, I think that um, there's a lot of value in, in like at least understanding. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, you, even if you don't want to practice. Uh, the, the old traditions at least um, because it is a part of your ancestry mm. like to at least uh, try to find out about them and that, I mean it, it's also going to be dependent on who's doing them around you when you go back to the Philippines for for us mm. Igorots from the diaspora like if you don't have anybody around you who's actually doing it um, of course it's going to be more challenging but I think there's I mean there's still a lot of the old folks left who still get called upon to do some of these rituals sometimes you have to kind of like poke your head in a little bit and see what's going on especially if you understand the language God, one of the toughest things during our dawak we did our dawak back in 2004, 2004 and we went through the whole ritual as well and i think i've mentioned this in other podcasts and uh, of course it was a little bit modified because there was like for example there was supposed to be this thing where i'm supposed to go and hunt and and gather firewood but you know we're in baguio so there's no you know uh, there's no time and and uh, people are time is limited and all this stuff and so like we just did a modified ritual in, in terms of that but there are other things like fasting what and did you do did you go like to the kfc then and just get some uh no, I mean, no, what, no. What did you, what did the you main, hunt? The main, I mean, thing, I, the main thing was to come back with firewood. <laughs> so they had firewood. Oh, yeah, yeah, to come back fire. with firewood. Oh, that's cool. So we did, okay, we okay. did the, the whole process while I uh, to, had to, mm. to, to, come, to go out of the gates where we were, the enclosure. Because where you're at, the enclosure, that's your space, your ritual space. So you wow. have to go out, uh, they get the firewood, and then you come back in. Mm, and wow. then then you come back and you sit with the old folks and then they say the rituals. But getting back to my point in terms of the language, the hardest part, we were, when we originally did it, we were supposed to have a translator there with us, which was one of the aunties, but that never really happened because oh, everything man. was moving, even though like we were probably hungry as hell because we were fasting. <laughs> uh, but but we, there was just, everything went really fast, and even though it was a long ritual. It, it, so like, there was supposed to be somebody with us, but then they were probably busy too. Yeah. So half the time we were there, um, you know, you, you can understand bits and pieces mm -hmm. and stuff, and especially if you can understand like Kankanae or, you know, or mm. in a little, if you understand some Ilocano, then you can kind of hear it mixed sometimes, but they're mainly speaking like uh, the main dialect. Mm. 
So that was a little bit challenging, but still exposure to it is, is really important because the nice thing is that back home in the Philippines, they really are um, bringing back at least a lot of the festivals and the main festivals during harvest time and planting seasons around they're bringing back the, yeah and celebrating yeah they're also everybody's celebrating them but if you want to know about the prayers and rituals then you have to um mm. you, i mean there's academia you can you can research but if you want to learn mm. from the old folks you have to kind of find a way to get exposed mm. you know 